Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am a dating and love coach at LastFirstDate.com. I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. Every week, I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today I'm excited to be speaking with therapist, author, and life coach Jamie Green about how men and women can better understand each other. As a dating coach, I love helping women over 40 become confident and and love themselves enough to have a healthy, lasting, loving relationship. And what I see so often, I just wrote about it this morning, is women who accept crumbs of attention from men and wonder why they don't have the love that they are yearning for. Uh, Somebody just wrote in that her boyfriend um, keeps leaving her because of some issues that she has with her daughter. It's just too much for him. And, you know, first of all, your children are really important in your life if you have kids and you should not have to make excuses. And if somebody can't handle both the ups and the downs in your life, then they're not the right people for you. And and that goes for friendships as well as romantic relationships. So please, please, please stop stop accepting what's unacceptable and learn to love yourself enough and value yourself enough to attract the best relationships that you can. And um, my whole motto is for women to be women of value. And every week I share a tip on how to be a woman of value. And this week's tip is to be proactive and not reactive. Ah, man, when you have your triggers triggered and you get reactive, um, when you, uh, and that happens because you don't have a conversation with somebody. It often happens when you don't have a conversation with the person you're in relationship with and let them know what you need from them, how you want to be treated. Um, So that's the proactive part. Really let somebody know that you're an on-time person if you are, so you don't get pissed off every time they show up late. Um, Let a person know how, you know, what kind of food you like so you're not angry that they're serving you food that you hate. I mean, this is all seems really common sense, but too many people don't do this. So be proactive, not reactive. And if you do want to really step into your value and um, find your best partner, I invite you to head over to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and sign up for my free guide, The Top 10 Reasons Why Men Pull Away or Disappear and How You Can Finally Attract and Keep the Love You Deserve. Please stop sabotaging your love life and take back your control by being a true woman of value. And one more thing before I introduce you to our guest today. Um, If you are a woman over 40 and you're single, I invite you to join my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, where the conversation is positive, supportive, and juicy. And now for our special guest. Jamie Green was raised in England. He survived boarding school. He endured disastrous relationships. And he excelled as an 80s pop drummer, hobnobbed with royalty. You name it, he's witnessed it all. 
Doesn't he sound interesting? His Zen-like approach to coaching combined with his British sense of humor and refreshing straight talk has built a thriving reputation as a licensed psychotherapist, teacher, mentor, and trainer. He was cast as a real-life marriage therapist on the show Marriage 911, and he helped save a marriage that was on the rocks, and the couple is still thriving years later. Jamie was recently featured as therapist and life coach to Brad Womack on The Bachelor. Join us now for Episode 240, A No-Nonsense Guide for Women and Men to Truly Understand Each Other. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be here. Yeah, so... What made you choose this topic about how men and women can really understand each other? Yeah, I mean, so I thank you for that introduction. So I've been working in this field close to 30 years. I probably was, you know, I literally was interning 30 years ago today. And, um, and so oh. it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of sitting with lots of complaints and uh, Lots of lessons along the way, let alone the disastrous relationships is really true. My entire 20s was picking all the wrong women for all the wrong reasons and probably took me until about being 30 to figure out that really that was about me. It wasn't about just choosing the wrong woman. It was about what 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 goes into our choices. So what I really look at today, whether they're a couple that have been married 20 years or is someone who's dating or is someone who's you know, a bit shell-shocked and traumatized from disappointments in love, um, it, it really comes down to uh, being, you said it beautifully about women empowering themselves, but it's about, I really think it's about understanding ourselves and the responsibility to have a really strong sense of self so we know what we're doing and how to recognize and how, be, how to be discerning going in, let alone being able to course correct when we're knee deep in it. And it's all very well um, on a preventative level, helping women and men choose better life partners but what do you do with someone you know when you're in a 15 year relationship you don't just get rid of them that easily so it's how do we how do we kind of start to to look deep within and change some of these patterns so to me i'm just really drawn to it it's i I tell my clients it's as if after all these years and maybe this is true for you it's like having x-ray vision i mean we just see through the layers really quickly i don't need a lot of story i mean i've been you know my, my coaching work is much different than my therapy work used to be and i don't need years and years and years of stories. I really don't. I need maybe two examples and I'm good. I pretty much got the pattern. Mm-hmm. People love love to go on and on and on to keep proving their point, but really don't need it. So once we cut through all of the layers and we, and we see what's underneath, then it's a question of um, course correcting. It really is about, okay, what, how can we get unstuck? How can we correct this pattern? What would it take? And you'll be amazed, well, probably you won't be that amazed, but many people <laughs> are amazed how much, how much they will hold on so tightly to the garbage that's not serving them. It's stuck old ways. It's, you know, it's human nature. It's so difficult to release it. But what a relief when we do it. Oh, yeah. What a, what a reward when we do it. So that's all of that. It's so true. I, lo- I love to see when people see it and they get it and, and they realize that actually you can change it all. You really can. Yeah, well, I love that you took your screwed up relationships and looked within yeah. and, and really figured out what was going on. And it and it yeah. really starts with us. I mean, it starts and ends with us. We are the common denominator in all our failed relationships. And yeah, I, I had a conversation this morning with my daughter, who's 22. She was struggling with something with her dad and we're divorced. And he, um, she was really mad at him for not changing and yeah. not doing what she wanted and felt really hurt, 
And the way that it was being handled, I mean, I could see, I could connect all the dots, you know, who was doing yeah. what and why this has to, and how, who, how they can come together. Both of them have to let go of their ego to really make this work. Yeah. But I said, you've got to stop trying to change your father. He's not going to be different every time you come to him and say, please be different, please do this differently, do it for me, I said, what right. you need to do is figure out your standards, figure out what you need in the relationship, and, and talk to him about it and see if he's willing to come come to you. But if he's not, then know what your plan B is. You know, it's the kids, my kids who have forged a good relationship with their father are the ones who have really figured out what their boundaries are, how they want to be in relationship and what works for them. And oh. that's what's thriving. And so it's the same whether it's a parent relationship, whether it's your friendships, you know, it's it's really changing up those patterns but taking responsibility for your peace and knowing what are yeah. your core values, what are, what are the core things that you, you know, that you need in relationships. So yep. this is such important work. Oh, my God. Um, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, So so you talk about... You know, so what if you are in a 15-year relationship and, um, and you know, you have some communication issues? And so yeah. let's talk about some some communication myths that are out there. What are some, yeah. some of the myths that you know or you've heard? Well, I, I mean, the obvious one, I get this. I, it's probably the number one presenting issue that couples bring in, which is we don't communicate. And I always laugh lovingly. As if there is such a thing not to communicate, and I'm like, you mean you, you mean you just don't fight, you you don't talk. Like what happens? They say oh, we just we just don't we can't speak to each other. I'm, I'm like, well, what does that look like? What does that sound like? I mean, you live together, you can't literally avoid each other. What happens? So it's a lot of silent treatment, it's a lot of withholding, and to which I say, you know, silent treatment is the is the loudest, you know, brashest communication there is. I mean, there's so much intensity behind silence, especially when you think back to when you were in love. You couldn't shut each other up. There was just so much to share and so much to talk about and so much, so much nonsense that no one else really was that interested in hearing, but we're fascinated by our partners when we're in love. So, you know, what changes? The, the shutting down is a really important process, and, it, and it's not just – it's not – look, a lot of it is unconscious. A lot of it is passive-aggressive. A lot of it is fear. A lot of it is protection. It's anger. So when you really get underneath it all, the communication is you know, the, the broadest – vaguest umbrella there is right it's all about how do we how do we express ourselves how do we show up in the world and how do we uh, do that without becoming inhibited by our partners so the very the very person that inspires us if you think about just how um schizophrenic we can be i say that lovingly we can we can go from literally being inspired and like leap tall buildings with a with a you know with, with a superhuman strength some of the things that we'll do when we're in love. We're just boundless and limitless in terms of our desire and our ambition, our enthusiasm, and some of the creativity that we'll come up with, innovations that we'll do to surprise our partners. We'll, we'll do so much when we're inspired. And for whatever the reason, six months later, 10 years later, whatever it is, where that's not there and we're resentful and we're not, and we're not trusting or we're anxious, none of that comes out of us. And nothing's really changed externally in the world other than the emotions that are getting stirred up and the belief systems and what we're telling ourselves. And so then, of course, because we're not feeling inspired, we'll just stop. And so I think the biggest challenge in relationship period is the stagnation, is the complacency. So the, one of the other questions I get all the time is how do you keep the romance alive? How do you keep the excitement alive? It's a lot of work. If you, if you 
Yeah. Here's the other thing. I, I, I will ask my couples, one of the first questions I ask them, after I, the first question I ask is, do you both really want this to work? Because, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes people need permission to be honest that they don't, which doesn't mean it's that simple. It's just that, you know, they haven't really committed to doing the work, whether they're being dragged. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing a couple after I have this talk with you this morning, and I know that, that he is screaming and kicking, not wanting to come to the session because it's the second time I'm seeing them. And I can feel it, all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, and it's a pretty big red flag. He's not committed to the relationship, let alone doing the work with me. And so what can she possibly hope, who's my client, what can she possibly hope will happen in this relationship? It's such a metaphor. So the question I ask them is, one, do you want this to work? And is there a true desire? And we're going to prove whether that's true or not because there's work to do and there's, there's steps that I'm going to hold you accountable to, number one. The second question I ask is, do you have any examples of good, healthy, authentic relationships around you that you'd want to emulate? And you'll be amazed how many people don't. You know, they just don't. Mm-hmm. They just don't know what it looks like. Either they, they've become so cynical that there is no such thing. You know, certainly, it's usually, nine times out of ten, it's not their parents' relationship. Um, so it's amazing to me that people just don't know what they're trying to model, which is fair. I think that's a really honest answer. You know, you, if you don't know what it looks like, other than what the movies portray, which is completely fake, then how are we supposed to know how to kind of be guided. So a lot of what I do in my work, and maybe it's what you do, is model it to them. For example, mm-hmm. I might, oftentimes, I'll be modeling how to confront the husband if he's got a big ego or if he's being really aggressive or he's being intense or he's being intimidating. I'll just mirror back to him. Um, or I do one of two things. Either call him on it in a way that, that uh, as a man to a man, I can do that in a way that would be scary for a woman to do. Or I'll model to him that treating his woman like a man is never going to be effective in order for her to feel safe and feel trusting and open. Yeah, but men, it's, it's an obvious thing, but men literally start being competitive and aggressive with their women. I'm not talking violent and abusive so much, but just they get loud, they get intense, and they, they, they don't have the quality that I talk about, which is a woman needs a man to be one or two steps ahead of her. That's the quality I refer to, which means what? It means that he, not only does he get what she needs, but he anticipates it before she needs to ask for it. And I'm talking about things like feeling safe, feeling seen, anticipating what would help her to feel a bit more grounded, a bit more calm when she's upset about something, rather than him just going into solution mode and throwing a solution out there or just being really heady and rational. Not really what she needs. Sometimes it might be, but oftentimes it isn't. And it's for him to be able to feel into that in any given situation and respond in a way that she's going to need. That's a really important quality. And when I explain that to women, mm-hmm. they think I'm talking about some superhero guy, and it really isn't. It, it's just in order for a man to be able to have that quality, he's got to get out of his own way, and he has to know kind of he has to know himself. So I, you know, I have a whole kind of system, if you like, of how to uh, help the women understand what they really the four essentials I call them the four pillars of a man that they really need to make sure is present in the men. And for the men, I need to make sure that they're aware that that's their work. If they haven't done that work, if they're not in that place, they really need to look at that. Because the relationship's not really going to turn around. The patterns are not going to change unless they do that. And then, of course, the women have their equivalent, what I call the four layers of a woman, because it's a little bit more complex with women. It's not quite as foundational. Um, and it's the same idea. Men need to make sure they, they, they know what they're looking for in a woman, and the women need to make sure that they really have developed that. And when you have... The, the, you know, like what, let's call them a four-pillared man and a four-layered woman, 
Now it's a question, okay, here, here are the tools that we need. Here are the core tools we need for the relationship to work. So nothing happens, and I understand none of us got that manual. So I'm trying to write the manual. And we're all trying to write the manual, <laughs> let's face it. We've all, got, mm-hmm. we've all got different paragraphs that we've contributed towards the manual of relationship. And if you don't have, coming back to my original point, if you don't have good templates, blueprints, examples of what it looks like, we don't have a chance in hell. We're just winging it. We just don't have a chance. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's yeah. a child who doesn't know how to drive, how to get behind the wheel and drive safely. They've seen what it looks so like in the true. movies. It's very different when you get behind the cockpit, so to speak. Yeah, and most people are clueless. And um, I met with somebody for lunch yesterday for coffee who does similar work, and he was talking about yeah. um, that. We were talking about the Adams family, or I think it was the Adams family, yeah. or the Munsters. The Munsters. Yeah. How. The that they were actually model families in many ways, and as crazy as it sounds, so many of the TV shows were not based on reality. But if you look at the the families that were in those those shows, they were very loving and very also very accepting, even with the weird child who wasn't a monster. <laughs> the um, they were accepting of people in their family who were different. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good to learn from from those kind of crazy shows. But most of us don't see any real life situations where we can um, find our models. So I like that you model for them, and I do a yeah. lot of scripting for my clients, where I, I help them yeah. to, um, to to script out a, a, a tough conversation. Um, I have a whole course on communication skills because. It is what we are so lacking, and we usually are are talking from our ego and from hurt, and we do a lot of name-calling and pointing fingers instead of speaking from our feelings and even knowing what our feelings are. Because, you know, I remember I used to ask clients, what are you feeling? And, you know, when he does that, and they'd say, I feel that he's being a jerk. And I go, that's not a feeling. That's an accusation. Um, So just, you know, being able to get behind that, beyond that, unpeel it, that's that's a whole education in and of itself. So let's let's go to the four pillars of a man, the four layers of a sure. woman. Um, I, I feel like I'm talking in in ten thousand times speed, so we can get all this yeah. in. But um, yeah, yeah. Right. so if you start with the four pillars. Yeah, I'll go I'll go really kind of as an overview because I, I actually have an app that people can download to get all the real details of this. It's literally like a four part audio program, but I'll just give you the kind of the, the headings. The, f- the first pillar okay. of a man is what I refer to a man who really knows who he is. And by that, I'm talking about not that he's a self-actualized, you know, complete his work. I mean that he's really self-aware. He's, he's learned. He has wisdom from past failings. You know, he's willing to look at where he screwed up. He's willing to look at his blind spots. He knows he has them. He knows he has limitations, as we do. He doesn't use those as excuses. He owns that, yeah, you know what, I, I really need to look at that. And he's excited to to dive into himself. He's not afraid of that. He's not so prideful and got so much ego that he doesn't do that. All of the myths of what the old stereotypes types of men are need to be kind of gone. We're in 2017. I mean, those days are over. So it's really a man who you can tell he has a sense of self, right? In other words, he's not mm-hmm. playing games. He's not, you know, he's figured out he really wants a commitment. Any man that's playing that is kind of uh, flaky or, 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 or is not ready to commit or settle down. Doesn't matter. Doesn't know what he wants. Doesn't know who he is. Doesn't mm-hmm. know what he wants. That's not a great choice for a woman if you if you're dating someone like that. So that's a man who knows who he is. Um, the second pillar is he really gets who you are as a woman. He really sees you and 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 this is a big caveat, a big and, and he allows you to be that. 
he embraces that in you. It's not like saying, well, I, an example is, here's a woman who's very autonomous, really independent. He sees that about her, but then he wants to kind of change her and get her to do all these different things and give up her work. And look, if, if you get that this is what this woman is, she's not going to suddenly become the little wife at home taking care of everything. If she's a very powerful career woman, that's really what she's about. And marriage doesn't have to change that. Having kids doesn't necessarily have to change that. Yeah, there are adjustments, but it'll be on her turn. So as an example, mm-hmm. he just embraces that. Okay. The third, which is, which is I touched on it, it's, it's the extension of the second pillar, which is not only does he see you, but he's one or two steps ahead of you. So, again, I mentioned it. He really, he sees beyond what you present to him. He really, he gets and anticipates what your needs are. He really sees it. He doesn't have to be psychic. He's just intuitive, and he kind of learned what women need. It's not really rocket science, what women need. I mean, you know, as men, if a man doesn't know that a woman needs to feel cherished and feel special and be seen and constantly be reassured of that, it doesn't matter how many, you know, you talked about women over 40, the more they need more reassurance. They need, need more um, acknowledgement of that. It's not really so much insecurity. It's, it, it, it's human nature. You know, they want to make sure that, you, that, that the guy is not suddenly reduced to now looking at 20-year-olds because there will be men that are. Again, a man that doesn't know what he wants thinks what he wants is to turn a 40-year-old into two 20-year-olds and all the other cliches. So, and then finally, the fourth pillar is what I refer to is that he's a mensch. And so for those that don't know the term, mensch is a Yiddish word that, that it really relates to a man who's just a really good soul. He's a good man with a good heart. And how do you know a man's got a good heart? Because everyone would like to believe they're a good man. Not all men are great men. <laughs> what it means is <laughs> he's flexible, he's personable, he gets along easily with people. You know, he can get out of his own way. He's not uptight and narcissistic. So he can really adapt to your family and the in-laws. And he knows, he just knows how to be with people. You'll, you'll recognize a mensch because he's polite and very appreciative of when he's being waited on at a restaurant. He tips well. He's just someone who's a good person in the world. He's not trying to impress you. And he's certainly not arrogant and obnoxious and shaming people. That's not a good sign because it speaks a lot to his compassion. So a mensch is a, is a man with compassion. The guy with compassion is going to have uh, more likelihood to really be there for you and, and, and when you really need him. So it, it, it's deeper than just he thinks he's a good guy. It's not just about being popular. It's a man with a really good mm-hmm. heart, and he doesn't need, need to be acknowledged for that. He just gets on with it, with or without anyone else. And, and he doesn't just say sense? he's a good guy. He shows he's a no, good guy. He's a, <laughs> like a... he'll, and he'll never say he's a good guy. A mensch will never right. say he's a good guy. He'll, he'll just get on being who he is. He's not, look, he's yes. not looking for validation. Again, that ties into the first pillar about, about who we know who he is. He doesn't need validation. He doesn't need acknowledgement. He's not a chameleon. He's not looking for approval. That, that's what's so refreshing about a mature man is you'd, he's not a fixer-upper. And so many women are drawn to that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it never really goes well. You're going to get resentful. It may feel like a great mission for a while, but at some point you're going to be with a real man freaking stand up already. You know, it's like, it's yeah. So no, and it's so true. Wisely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just that with the met a guy like I, this. I, I work with, yeah, really? A guy that was not no, quite I just, together? No, I just met a guy who who is a mensch, and it's, oh, it's oh, you know he was so so different from most of the men that I've met, and very different from yeah. the intellectual type that I usually go for. And yeah. what I loved about him right away is his steel core of integrity, his compassion, yeah. his passions, and the fact that sure. he's charitable and he's giving and he's loving and he's kind, yeah. and it comes across without him proving anything. And it is so refreshing to meet people like that. Absolutely. It is. 
Yeah, totally. You know, it's this is not something that's negotiable. <laughs> so, um, yep. yeah. So well, let's, let's imagine, talk about the four and, layers. And, and, okay, so real quick. Go ahead. Four no. layers of a woman. I, I would yeah. say the first layer of a woman is really the same. It, it matches the first pillar of a man. It's a woman who knows who she is. Well, all the same reasons. She's doing the work. Not that she's done the work. She's doing the work. She's continuing to recognize that we all need to con- you know, continue to, to stretch, to grow, to discover more things about ourselves. We're, we're learning our lessons. We're humble enough. You know, we're not, we're not stuck in the shame of making mistakes. We're learning from them. We're taking regrets, and there's wisdom in that too, and all of the same thing. The second layer of a woman is that she knows what she wants. You know, if, and, and by the way, I developed these based on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of anecdotal kind of grievances of men about women. But this is where it comes from. It's, it, it's that if, if, if these are the chief issues that men have with women, it's that she doesn't know what she bloody wants. And I'm not talking about which, which dress she wants to buy. I'm talking about she's just really not sure, you know, minute to minute what she wants in terms of the relationship. So that's just as important for men, men who are kind of mature and do have their, kind of their life together. Uh, they want a woman who knows what she wants. It's that simple. The third one... Mm-hmm. Uh, is a woman that wants to grow. Now, you know, I, sometimes I get a little pushback for this because women get outraged, like what, men shouldn't want to grow? And I, like, I think we all need to grow. What I mean specifically is this. The best way I can, I can um, kind of develop this one is that I turn it back on women and, and stop comparing yourself to men a second. Think of it this way. Think about your girlfriends as a woman, the, the women who are close to you that respect. If you have girlfriends who turn out to be very superficial and gossipy and all they want to talk about is shopping and gossip about neighbors, you're going to get to a point. If you're a mature woman, that really gets really old. You don't really want to spend time with those women. Well, if you don't, I can assure you that men don't either. So they want a woman that has that. They want, they want to be pushed to grow in a relationship. They don't want a mommy. Because a man who has his shit together is not interested in having a mommy who's going to nurture him. So he doesn't need that. It's the last thing you want. That's the kiss of death for the romance, actually. So he wants to be pushed. He wants a woman who can help kind of steer the relationship you kind of manage that aspect, and he's going to respect that because he's doing his part. Remember, you've got to always remember these are mirror images of each other. So she constantly wants to grow, and he loves that about her, and then he's inspired to follow suit. He's not just going to be thinking growth is about how much more money I can make and how much more I can grow my business. Yes, that's growth, but the relationship needs him to grow too. And then mm-hmm. finally, the fourth pillar of a woman, I think the number one thing, I mean, I keep saying the number one, another really huge mm-hmm. issue that men need, I call it a woman who has her man's back. And by that, I mean not that she just, you know, strokes his ego and says, you're amazing. But, but he really feels that she sees him, too, and she believes in him and sees his potential. And I don't mean only his potential, because he needs to show up already formed, remember, but that she can really bring out the amazing leader that he is. You know, that, that because he's a mensch, he's not going to come from arrogance. He's not going to come from bravado. And sometimes there's a, there's, a, there's a very powerful man in there who might be holding himself back a little bit. And so because she has his back, he goes out and slays dragons and becomes more of that powerful man. And I'm not saying it's only going to come out that way. It's just a really nice compliment when a woman has it. She, she, she works together with him. She's not constantly... An example of, of a woman that doesn't have his back is she's constantly um, abusing the budget that they agreed or not committing to the budget they agreed together. I'm talking about, you know, a couple that live together or are married. So she has his back, meaning they work together, they complement each other, they work as a team. That's really important. Is it important for a woman to feel supported by a man? Of course. A man who's one or two steps ahead is doing that anyway. 
So, you know, it's just different language, but I'm really talking about how these qualities complement each other. Obviously, these are not contradictory. They really work together. But I can't tell you how many men will say literally, I just feel like you don't have my back. And that means a few Mm -hmm. different things. And, And she gets very offended by that. And then when you break it down, there's some really good points that he's making. You know, and so it's a question of, okay, well, having your back, again, as I said, having, having your back just means that you're supporting me to win. And therefore, we win as a couple. Not that you're agreeing mm-hmm. with everything. Not that I have to be right. It's not on that level. It's not an ego level. It's really about how we, you know, how we can, um, just how we can, we can really work together as a team. And, and therefore, we all win. There, there's no competition, by the way, in this. In a healthy relationship. I mean, competition will kill the intimacy in a relationship, in a love relationship. Yeah, in business, absolutely, knock yourself out. And it's, by the way, that's very challenging when it comes to uh, partners that work together. That's a whole other level of challenge. Which I'm sure you've come across it, husband, mm-hmm. husband or wives that are business partners. I mean, that's a big challenge. But these, these, um, these pillars and layers actually are very illuminating when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot of information at you, but... <clears throat> yeah, no, but you you mentioned twice actually about killing the intimacy yeah. both in this situation of competition yeah. but also the home. And um so yeah. it's interesting and I I totally agree with you and I think I think part of and this is like a whole other conversation but part of what's going yeah. on in today's world is women have become equals in many ways at work and yeah. Um, there's a lot of confusion now about the role of men and women in relationships. And yeah. I think that, that in my opinion, and, and again, this is another hour or two of conversation, but in my opinion, yeah, I think sure. that we are really hardwired to um, to be in relationship, to be attracted for the same reasons we were attracted to each other thousands of years ago. And if we yep. take away those things, we end up killing romance. And so um, just totally. quickly, what do you have to say about, about the changing roles of men and women and how that, that can add to it, you know, the success yeah, of a yeah, relationship? I mean, I, totally. And I, I think that actually my approach is to get, is to, is to create really good symmetry and circuitry between the masculine and feminine. So I think men need to, be, men need to get more masculine and have a really well-integrated feminine. And by that I mean they need to have a, an ability within them to be comfortable with the, the feminine aspects, being gentle, being kind, surrendering, connecting deeply within, you know, dealing with intimacy. All of that is a, those are very feminine qualities. They need to be able to integrate that for themselves so they can then be very comfortable with a woman and allow her to be more feminine. And for the women to, to let go of some of that uh, masculine stuff that they've sometimes or that they believe they need to step more into where they're getting competitive and they're trying to keep up with Joneses and they're trying to show you that they can do it and be handyman. And unfortunately, it's compromising some of their femininity. So without, without trying to create stereotypes here, it's about the, the more feminine women can be and the more masculine men can be, the circuitry works really well. The, 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 the mm-hmm. chemistry sparks, it, it all works beautifully. It all comes together really nicely. I think we just need to, we just need to get kind of back to how that once was. And have it work yeah, again, because it, it will. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think we've we've killed attraction. We've confused everybody, yeah. and it's really about understanding how to lead with the feminine in in a woman's case, yeah. <coughs> and how a man can lead with his masculine. But you know, integrate yeah. both of those qualities. Hundred um, percent. Wonderful. All right. Well, so. <laughs> 
speed speed radio show here. Yeah. Thank you so much for all this wonderful information. Let me grab a drink while you tell people how they can reach you. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just real quickly, uh, if you want to find out more about me, my website really has everything that I would share. It's jamiegreen.com. So it's J-A-M-I-E-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And, uh, and on there, you'll find access to my program called Alchemy in Love, where I go into the great details about the, the four pillars of man, the four layers of a woman, all of that stuff I spoke, spoke about, which I would love people to get familiar with, because there's some really, really helpful information on there. So that's me. And if you want to reach me, there's plenty of places to, to get a hold of me on my website. So thank you, Sandy. I really appreciate uh, being able to talk to your listeners and uh, love to come back anytime you need me. Yeah, thank you so much, Jamie. This was a delight and such important information. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Sorry my voice is going. And I hope everybody goes on their last first date very soon. Have a great day.